I'm Jim Lowe, and I'm arts editor of the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Each week I travel the state hearing, watching, enjoying the best Vermont has to offer in the arts, and I try to put it together and deliver it to you. It all culminates with the Vermont Arts section every Saturday in the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Hello, this is Patrick McArdle of the Rutland Herald. Welcome to the podcast of Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. This is the February 20th edition, and we're going to be talking about the arts and entertainment section for this weekend's Times Argus and Rutland Herald. So, Jim Lowe, you tell me that there's an interesting uh, production coming up, and what uh, makes this particular production so interesting? It's a bit of a story, but it's an amazing production. Celeste Jennings, during her summer sophomore year at Dartmouth, came into contact with black theater for the first time. She was a, she was a costume designer, and she was asked to design a costume for a famous black play. She met a famous black monologuist and all this sort of thing. She had been writing poetry for a long time, and it dawned on her it might go together. Now, that was at least three years ago. So started a process. She first started putting it together as a school project towards making something of a play. She started to write about black women's experiences, various different ones, and it became something from about 1814 to today. And it was also tied in with her as a costume designer. So she did this, but the professor at Dartmouth sent her play script to a fairly well-known theater director, Jamika Holloway Burrell, who was floored when she read it. She said she couldn't believe a 21-year-old had written this because of its depth and power. So Jamika agreed to work with Celeste on it continuing her college project. It became her senior project. Well, Northern Stage does stage readings every year, and it was chosen last season. The director of Northern Stage saw it and was blown away and insisted on putting it on this season. And what are some of the things that struck you? Was it a unique voice? Was it a unique structure? Well, the structure is unique, but I've seen the type of structure before. Uh, people who do a, see a lot of theater won't be all that surprised by it. Uh, people who don't, but the fact is it's not, a, it's not a story play. It doesn't tell one story. What it does is it tells a lot of stories, with the actors taking on various characters over time and reliving their experiences or talking about their experiences. But all this is woven into a fabric. It's called a choreo poem, which is combines poetry, music, dance, and songs. But it does it in sort of a seamless way. It's an experience. I saw parts of it. I've read it. I've interviewed both Celeste and Jamaica, and I was just totally blown away with her depth, intelligence, and passion. And it all shows up in this play. 
So it sounds like this is a script that has been in the works for some time. Is this the first staging? Yes, this is the world premiere. So, By the way, this is the normal way theater is done. It's it's seen many times, then then fixed, then moved, and uh, you'll see on Broadway they they have runs outside of New York to try it out, and then they fix it, and then they bring it into New York. Well, this is the same kind of thing. Um, they've had various people work on it and look at it and make their comments and. Both Jamaica and Celeste have put to get put together the final package. So it sounds like this play is uh, interesting and unusual, not just because it's a premier work, but also because of Celeste's age. Um, we don't often hear from uh, such a young artist who is as developed as, as this sounds like it is. We certainly don't. And we in our white second whitest state in the country, I think, also, don't hear about black women's personal experiences all that much. I mean, this is a potent play, and we'll see where it goes afterwards. But anyway, it opens in White River Junction on February 26th. In the main stage, it has an extravagant set, uh, nine female actors, all of them pros, and it looks like a really big deal. I wonder if you think that that's kind of a unique challenge for uh, a production in Vermont, in New York City or Chicago, where there's a uh, an active theater scene. There's kind of room, I think, for uh, new voices. Uh, there's already an existing theater um, uh, audience that wants to, to to view this kind of thing. What is your take on how receptive Vermont is to uh, new theatrical voices and new theatrical productions? Generally, Vermont's very good, especially in urban areas. The Hanover, White River, Norwich area is very progressive, and they actually support a black theater company called JAG Productions, and they get very good attendance. So I expect this will do real well, but Northern Stage by itself has a history of high-end productions, and they're actually getting better, which is interesting, but they get really good audiences. And, and what do you mean by Northern Stage is getting better? Is it, do you think it's the, the uh, performances? Is it uh, the, the, the choices that the creators behind the scenes make as to what they're putting on? Where, where do you see the improvement coming from? I would Stage? say both. Uh, they just recently did a production of King Lear, which I think is the best thing they've ever done. It was amazing. It was actually scary. I mean, it was that effective that, you know, you're sitting here in a theater, you know you're in a theater and this is happening and you just sit, you know, pull back because it's scary. And it was, it was not entirely traditional. They did some gender switching, but not much, and it wasn't a big deal, and they did not change King Lear. Um, but it was beautifully mounted, and it was just a very powerful experience. And they've been gradually building to this. They've been getting really comfortable with this new theater that they've had for several years, which is one of the nicest physical theaters around because it is so malleable. They can turn it into what they want it to be on stage. It's very high-tech, um, and they know how to use it. And so, but King Lear was amazing. And I was worried about being disappointed about what followed, but I don't think I'm going to be. 
This is Freeman from Bloodroot Gap, and you're listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps, the Vermont Arts Podcast from the Barry Montpelier Times Argus and the Rutland Herald. So, uh, going from a uh, unusual and uh, a first-time experience, let's talk about uh, some some old favorites. Uh, at the Paramount, we will be seeing Tusk, a Fleetwood Mac tribute show uh, that has been going on for over a decade. Yes, 12 years. So we're back to Paramount's favorite tribute shows. And in all candidness, they do sell because so many boomers want to relive their youth when they're not cheering their sons on in basketball and football games. Uh, That's a joke. Uh, Anyway, yes, that's coming on the 28th, which is Friday. And I'm sure it will be packed. Have you seen uh, Tusk before? No, I haven't. I've also not seen Fleetwood Mac. There's another show in the Barry Opera House, which is not a tribute show, an Irish trio. And as Art Edelstein points out, there aren't many Irish trios. So that makes it special, and they are Irish. And it has a unique name, Socks in the Frying Pan. And where is that? At the Barry Opera House. Barry Opera House. And uh, any other um, uh, highlights of the art scene that is coming up this weekend? Well, there are lots of things going on. Uh, We've got a CD by Joanne Garten, who Art Edelstein thinks matches top fiddlers anywhere. We also have two jazz stars coming to Burlington on the same night, Bill Frizel and Kamasi Washington both on the 27th, so you can't go to both. And one more is Regis Cummings, a local Montpelierite, who has his unique art mounted in the, at Central Vermont Medical Center in Berlin. They have a lobby gallery, which actually pre- presents some pretty good stuff, and his stuff is very interesting. You've probably never seen anything like it. You can read about these stories and a lot more in Vermont Arts, a section of the Rutland Herald Times Argus on Saturdays. You are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus.